G'day and welcome to episode 118 of the Blowpod. Here we are. And we figured it's been a little while since we've done sort of just a general sports talk, but arguably the greatest innings of all time and the greatest upset in the history of Test Oh, it was good, yeah. <laughs> but, um, wow, after we... Absolutely destroyed them. They were they were they were out of our league when they came over here. The Sri Lankans wandered over to South Africa and towed them up two 0 including uh, Kusal Pereira hitting 153 not out and leading them to a 76 wicket, 76 run last wicket partnership, the highest ever last wicket partnership to win a test match. Absolutely soaring past the 57 that Inzamam and one of the it's Pakistani it's spinners put on. Yeah, Mushtaq, yeah, put on to, um, to beat us in the, uh, the $200,000 match. Switch. Yeah, exactly. Should have taken the money. Yeah. Salim Malik, the rat, as they called him. But just what a performance. And... How do you, how do you, I'm like, I'm trying to imagine how I would have viewed that as an Australian fan if they had come over here and beaten us. Didn't they say that they're actually the first subcontinent? Yeah, they're the first Asian team to win in South Africa, which is just staggering when you think of some of the, like, some of the names the Indian team has had. I was just going to say, Indian should be better headed straight It's unbelievable. But I mean, that last wicket partnership, that was just, that was out of this world. You, yeah, it, one of those things. It was a privilege to be able to watch. I actually watched some of it live as it was happening, and you, you're just kind of waiting for the <laughs> for the inevitable. For and the it just, it just, yeah, it, it just did not come. And, and I mean, this is against the probably the you know the best pace attack in the world right now. Certainly in their home conditions, on a fourth innings wick, on a fourth innings pitch, didn't matter. And then oh, doing it, doing it easily in the second test. That, that, I mean, that wasn't mm. even close. That one, they absolutely romped it in. I mean, that that to me is the big. I mean, sometimes teams can get lucky. You know, you would have said South Africa with a with a better team for the majority of that first test, and then the Sri Lankans just you know on the back of one of the all time great innings managed to get over the line. For me, in that that second test would have been. Far more worrying in terms of the, you know, South African brains trust and that. I mean, they were comfortably outplayed in that second match, especially in their fourth innings when mm. you know the wicket was supposedly deteriorating and going south. Yeah. Come the come that final innings, the final day. They, oh yeah, the boys didn't yeah. the wicket running it down. The so. final day, I thought it was it was beautifully poised going into mm. that last day, and it it was yeah they they coasted home. So, yeah, a massive, massive kudos to the Sri Lankans. And to the South Africans, well, we were just talking before, Olivier's decided I'd rather go and play as a coal pack than play for my country. What, what do they do? Like, they've, they've got to, they desperately need to change that system. There is something, there is something rotten in your system if playing for your country is not the ultimate is not the you know the objective that everyone is striving to achieve above all else there's something not right there something needs to change urgently and yeah i think it's a great shame because he's shown that he's clearly a, a, you know a high quality bowler 
I certainly, with our current batting lineup in particular, I wouldn't have relished us having to to face up against him. I so we have enough time to qualify over there. Yeah, and I reckon Armour uh, um, could be j- just about at the end of the line now. They've uh, dropped him for the the one days, so no certainly to get picked for the World a, Cup. Bit of a change in the guard there. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, obviously De Villiers not playing in the test yeah. anymore, and I mean Stain is probably one injury away from it being all over. Mm. I mean, the fact that he's come back since uh, he, you know, he'd openly said after the injury in Perth, he was walking off thinking that. Maybe. Could be the last time he'd be yeah wearing whites for his country. So yeah. I think it's a bit like um, Nadal's last couple of seasons. Now it's basically just anything else he's gotten since then has been a bonus. I, I mean, I was glad I, I was glad he got to go past past the record because um, yeah, well, we all know he's in my all time eleven. <laughs> Coming on first change after Mount uh, Marshall and Lily is not a bad, not a bad position to be in. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting time for them because yeah, I mean they've had some all-time great players who are now coming to the end of the line, and if the next run through like Olivia are choosing to go and play county cricket instead, it doesn't all go well. It's still put a lot of pressure on someone like Clinton de Cop to live up to his potential, I think. Yeah. Which he has been, to be yeah. fair. Like he's been he's been on fire with the I was looking at his recent test innings the other day, he's done very well. And speaking of that, I think um Mr Latham from New Zealand, a lazy six hundred and eleven runs in his last four test innings, which is not bad going. So that brings us to the World Cup. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'll throw out the question: What do you think is going to be the bigger ass kicking, Australia in the World Cup or Australia in the Ashes? <laughs> it's it's a really interesting one because you, at least you know in the Ashes we should be picking close to a full strength top side and taking it very seriously. Whereas Australia white ball cricket right now, geez, you you really don't know what you, you what you're going to get a lot of the time. Um, mm. I, I, th- I think. The Poms, for me, are, are far away the best side. I actually reckon New Zealand might be the ones who could trouble them because I think they've got, in Bolt and Southey, they've got two very good swing bowlers in English conditions. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Poms will just back themselves chasing anything down at the moment. Like, their batting lineup is just so versatile. Yeah, I mean, they generally bat down to 9 and 10, which yeah. is scary, which allows them to go at all times. Yeah, um, we saw in the one day against the Windies... Ridiculous last match. I think it was over 800 runs were scored, 46 sixes. Um, Butler and Gale, 312 runs between them. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just look at that. I think the only way you're going to beat them is, is if you run through, run through their um, their batting order. And I can't see too many bowling attacks in English conditions who are actually going to be able to do that. So, I mean, if, you never know. If Mitchell Stark actually gets his head screwed on straight with a white ball, he, he could be dangerous. But, yeah, not a big fan of M. Stark at the moment. I think I made a comment that his wife's the best cricketer in the family. Yeah. Well, I think well, I know we made a comment before the, before the India series that he was the most overrated bowler in Test cricket, and he certainly lived up to that billing this summer. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I... I whisper it quietly because I know this is an unpopular opinion. 
I'm actually really excited to see the 1992 format back. I think as much as you do want to promote and develop the game in places like Afghanistan and Ireland, I'm actually really interested to see the best teams in the world exclusively play off against each other in multiple matches rather than there being the one weak team in every group that, you know, everyone's going to destroy by 10 wickets or 200 runs. Um, it makes it a lot more unpredictable. And, yeah, I, I know that it's... Yeah, there's the, the ICC have copped a lot of flack for the decision to actually revert to that old format. But I'm actually, I'm actually a big fan of it. I don't know how... Like, I acknowledge it's not sustainable. You, you have to be bringing those teams into the tent. But, yeah, certainly for this as a one-off event, I'm actually just, really looking forward to it. I just think the promotion relegation is the way to go with any sport. You need mm. to put a bit of urgency into, the, into it. I mean, It's not realistic, though. Like, no one will ever agree I, I'm just saying that you know, part, like, part of the appeal of the EPL is knowing that there's actually two competitions going on at the same time, mm. where you have the battle... The battle to win, but also the battle to avoid relegation. Yes. Yeah. Something with something with which I'm all too familiar. <laughs> the five years in a row of finishing seventeenth. <laughs> and yeah, we won't be going up again this year. I think they're they're eight points off sixth now with with only a, like probably less than a dozen games left to go. So. And um, a quick tip in the cat to Cat or cat? I'm kind of tipping my hand here. The Perth Wildcats, who 33 final series in a row, and today qualified for the granny. Or oh, the, so, the big dance, as Timo insists on calling it. They actually used that in a headline of the West on Friday. I was like, oh, I should have cut that out and just shown that to Timo. I do know how much you enjoy that phraseology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, they have they have home court advantage, which will certainly help them. But well, I think Mel- if they play Melbourne, I think Melbourne might get over the top of them. Really, I was yeah. going to say the other way. I actually think, I think they'll Melbourne, be praying for Melbourne to win. Melbourne are a bit more Melbourne are a bit more hit and miss, but I think Melbourne would worry the Wildcats more than Sydney would. Well, when Alan Black was commentating on the radio, he said he thought. Sydney and Perth were the two best teams in the competition, and that the one thing that would worry Perth was, was Sydney's like the star players from Sydney. The funny thing about it is, you know, actually, probably agree with that sentiment. But uh, Sydney's probably look, it's it's going to be no coincidence that Sydney will probably improve next year because as great a guy as he is, Andrew Gates doesn't really have much of a clue when it comes to coaching. <laughs> Or anything, really. For, 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 from what I've seen of him on... Uh, oh, bounce. Oh, yeah, bounce, yeah. <laughs> the turn it up well, secrets. Yeah, with the intellectual sparring yeah. partners yeah. still have... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, sparring partners. <laughs> is, is it a bit more Sydney and more predictable, so you can set plans to that, whereas Melbourne a bit more unpredictable. I think basketball, it's always about who are the best players on the court, yeah. and Sydney's actually seem like they can... 
that, that almost uh, they're on Dad's, par with Perth. Dad's so. tried to talk about something. I have listened to <laughs> Alan Black and uh, <laughs> whatever the guy's name from ABC Sport is uh, constantly when I'm driving home with the basketball on. So I know a lot more there's, than I ever have. There's two levels to it. I think that... You can, I mean, you're obviously only having five on the court. Top end talent certainly helps, but see, that's what I just said. Why, why do we, why do we forget him for his opinion? Then, God, why am I on trial here? <laughs> How about you let me finish my comment before you jump in, Mr. Smokehead? Thank you, bastard. Thank you, Tony. Over the thing about this is, is that the uh, the finals is condensed down into such a short time period compared to the rest of the year, and depth is critical. Mm. And the Wildcats and Melbourne actually have the better depth. Sydney uh, certainly has good top-end talent, yeah. but there's not much it drops depth. Away it, it drops away pretty quickly. Yeah. Although, admittedly, the Wildcats bench has been playing like garbage recently. <laughs> so, um, can't wait for the... Just uh, undermine I can't wait for the... Uh, <laughs> I think the, the, the Wildcats can't wait for the Dave Archer lookalike, Mitch Norton, to, uh, to come back into the fold. Or did he play? He in hasn't the played this recent in this recent series, but, but he'll be right for the final. Yeah, because so, he travelled with them yes. for this game, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just yeah, seven out of ten grand finals. God. Like, yeah. Any, there, there'd be no other sporting team in any code across the country. I can think. Maybe, maybe Sydney FC in the W League would have that mm. sort of. I think. Donors, but I think. Other... I think um, Sydney in the in the Sydney women's cricket, New South Wales women's cricket. We want. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I think they good one, there. good one. Um, yeah. But of course, it would be in New South Wales. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, but kudos to them. Well done. Yeah, after after that, as as Timbo said last night, look at my garbage like two months ago yeah. where they, they could not buy a win through the mid-season stretch the thing about the Wildcats historically is, is that they've had this road trip when the Hotman Cup yeah yeah that, that is their true their form is yeah. always a little bit misleading and everybody actually bags them out without realising that they generally start with a lot of home games but more importantly usually like six of their last eight are at home as well mm. so they always finish the year pretty strong yeah so I mean, almost get it's almost like well, it's not an RDO, maybe an RMO. <laughs> like they always always seem to to sort of switch off for a spell there, but then when it's sort of time to, to yeah. rev back up towards the finals, they can when, flick that switch. When Bryce Cotton's on, there isn't anybody in the league that can stop him. <laughs> yeah. So and a, and a massive shout out to Andrew Bogut for his uh, antics at the MVP awards. First, sending someone else up to receive his first award. And then basically just openly admitting that Bryce Cotton should have won it when he's on stage receiving the second. My kind of guy. <laughs> Telling it like it is. The Andrew Bogan story. Would, <laughs> he would be your kind of guy. Yeah. Serial great A smart ass and I love him for it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, having said that, he probably was the most valuable player in the league, whether he chooses oh, to admit it or not. There we Doesn't go. necessarily mean that he's the best player in the league, but... He was probably the most valuable. Mm. Well, it certainly looks like, in terms of what he's done for their franchise since he's come on board, to use one of my favourite sporting oh, terms. The franchise uh, that he's now part owner of. Yeah. 
Elsewhere in the world? Oh, I'm glad that wasn't one of my wicker chairs listening to that creak just there. Go on. No hole in it this time. Yeah, that was actually your spine rather than the chair, I think. You really be able to get If you break that one, you stand. Well, he, he, he paid for that one, though, so that's all right, yeah. We'll give him a pass on that <laughs> In the corner. Um, elsewhere, look, I just filled with anticipation to see how Rafa goes in the French this year. I mean, well, as we were just saying, you know, the last couple of years since he has come back from injury, just anything he's been able to get is a bonus. But having said that, still, the last two years at the French it's been vintage I mean he dropped one set last year and was untroubled throughout uh, the set he dropped was against Schwartzman on a day where there had been rain delays and, and the, the courts were very slow he came back the next morning and the courts were back up to speed and he just he blitzed him the, you know I've said it before and I'll say it again Rafa on clay is almost twice as good as any other player on any other type of court combination. You know, people talk about Federer and Sampras on, on grass, Bjorg on clay as well, Rafa on clay. It's, it, is, it really is just a privilege every year when I get to sit down and watch him play at the French Open. But I think given the way Djokovic utterly dispatched him in the Australian Open final... It, it could be really, really interesting. I mean, Djokovic is the only player to ever make Rafa look second-rate on clay when he beat him um, in the... I think it was the quarterfinals a few years ago. You know, the couple of times that Rafa has lost on clay, one of them was just an out-of-the-box occurrence, but Djokovic just blasted him off the court. And now that, unfortunately, Djokovic seems to have overcome the curse of marrying the crazy bitch and has actually become a good player again it's, it's so depressing for tennis though because I just think like I just don't want to watch Djokovic and I don't want to watch Djokovic dominate the sport the way that Rafa and Roger have over the past 10 years and I think once they go like the next generation have just got to pull the finger out we've been there saying are, it for years yeah but we always say that and they never ever actually step up when they're playing against Djokovic it's a bit like the women's game like you see these flashes in the pan but none of them ever seem to be able to sustain it for any extended period of time. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's exactly like that. Well, so, don't have my hopes for the rest Yeah, I'd, she's probably the one who's now hopefully coming through and looking to be... Next generation. Yeah, but I think just in the tell, I mean, there have been so many, like Nishikori, Del Potro... All these exciting young players, Zverev, um, Dimitrov, you know, all these guys we've been talking about for a few years now. Well, I look at them right now and I think Djokovic could hand their asses to any of them. Mm. So if, I mean, if you put it this way, if Rafa wins the French and then retires, which, you know, the last couple of times after he's won the French, I've thought he might consider doing... Geez, the the cupboard's pretty bare in terms of Djokovic rivals after that. The only thing that was sort of keeping it interesting was when Djokovic did just go completely off the boil, um, you know, for about 12 months ago, for, you know, maybe the 18 months preceding that. 
uh, well, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was the, that woman he's married who. No, I mean even like I've spoken to Rhino about this, and yeah. one of his mates is a certain big fan. He said, "Yeah, like she's she's just crazy. She's <laughs> bitches be crazy. <laughs> like so, she's she's just clearly because tennis is so much a game that's played between the years, and it seemed like she just broke his brain for a little while there, but." Unfortunately, maybe through a extended period of hard digging, he has now managed to, to, to mould her into shape. So, so yeah, now he's he's gotten his mojo back on the court and perhaps in the bedroom uh, yeah, as well. Let's move so. on. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, the uh, team has a new captain. Yes, Stratko. <laughs> They didn't give it Isaac Smith. <laughs> no, no. Oh, jeez. So, and of course, footy season still... less than a month away now. Yep, yep. Starting to ramp back up. We, we, we've had the finish of the Who Cares Cup, also known as AFLS. <laughs> AFL, why? Yeah. <laughs> why and what will be next? Because they do have AFLW <laughs> and AFLS. Yeah. Oh, well, one of those. Oh, and actually, I do. I do need to make this point too. How the fuck did the AFL get named on one of the? It was something about like gender equality in sport awards. How did they win it over? Like, I just t- compare them to cricket. In cricket, they play the WBBL at the same time as the BBL. It's given the same level of importance. There's certainly no. Oh, we're going to shoehorn you into a seven-week season in February. And yeah. by the way, we're going to promote AFLX over your actual full-time games. Like, as much as I hate Cricket Australia, they do a far better job promoting gender equality in sport than the yeah. AFL I do. thought they um, paid the players more for AFLX than yes. the women's yeah. do for their Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's right. For so two how, hour like, match or something. Oh, I nearly fell off the couch when I heard that's, that they'd been that's given that. That's a quality. I know. I just think that they should merge AFLW and AFLX. You can't drag down the AFLW like that, mate. Come on. At least one of them is a reputable I actually would think it would be a better spectacle if the women were playing seven aside on the smaller fields. fields. It's funny you say that. We were watching a bit of the AFLWs on today. And um, Dad said, I wonder how long it's going to take them to make the fields smaller. I said, you reckon they need to? He said, yeah. Bring the scoring up, make it more exciting. More exciting. Yeah. Yep. It's and it's I, either it's either that. I kind of go. It's not necessarily the score that it makes it exciting. It's the bits between guys or people having shots that goal no. that's exciting. No, you disagree. No, I disagree fully. I, th- I think it's the level of skill, and it's only that's just come in. So at the moment, you've got so many players who used to be basketballers or used to be javelin throwers. In the case of um, Kim Mickle, who are because they're just talented sports people they're able to make it in the AFLW and you're making the argument that I want to make is is that there's not enough quality players there it's going to take about a generation yeah absolutely yeah but so I think in the meantime no I I don't think you need to change the rules dick around with it as we know the AFL is so fond of doing I think you just you just need to stay the course and trust that what you've put in place will eventually start to and that's that's the other thing I've heard it's um you um we're only just seeing this season players who have come through the system. Yeah. 
the pathways, as they love to call it. You can see the step up in quality just over the last season, yeah. just from having that, and that's just going to keep happening. And it's yeah. fun to say it's going to take a generation or so to, to get to the same level as the men's game. And to have women who choose from the start, they're going to play AFL, yeah. not sort of fall into it because they're good enough to to yeah to play at the, the top level at the moment. Yeah. You got high hopes for the season for your boys? Absolutely not, guys. Tom Mitchell's gone. Just put a fork in us. Chad Wingard, the star recruit, is already sounding like he's got the Vincent Company old man calf issues. So, top half of the bottom eight, bottom half of the bottom. Oh, look, we fell into the top four last year, and it showed in it showed in how we went in the finals that we had no right finishing in the top four sides. Um, I. Look, I said before last year I didn't think we'd make finals, and we managed to to do enough to just outpoint a bunch of other teams, but we were nowhere near the best team in the competition. We were nowhere near... I didn't think we were anywhere near those those top four sides. Yeah. You know, on our day, I, I thought, you know, teams like Sydney were probably better than us mm. as well. We managed to fall over the line against so them in the last Top four is in the four teams so, that were playing off for the grand final. Richmond, Collingwood, the Eagles, and Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought, it, it, you just listed those four teams. I mean, Richmond showed in the first week of the finals that we were nowhere near their level. Yeah. The Eagles, and certainly I mean, Richmond, in, in Perth, like, the Eagles would have beaten us by 15 goals, much like they did to Melbourne if we had had to come over <laughs> here in that game. Um, so, I think, yeah, I think without Tom Mitchell, there's... We needed, we needed to pick up Dylan Shield. God, I wanted to pick him up so badly. I was so disappointed that we, that we didn't get him. I thought, you know, he was the one player who threw him in there because we need a foil for Tom Mitchell. Because at the moment, Tom Mitchell's, you know, this much better than the rest of our midfield. So now that he's gone for the season as well, yeah, I hold... Very little hopes for us to do anything this year. So missing the eight. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, there's a there's, just looking at the other teams that finished in the top eight last year, and then a couple of teams outside like Adelaide. Yeah. In terms of where they are at the moment, I, I see them as well ahead of Hawthorne. I think Adelaide will be the big movers. Mm. I mean, what happened? What happened to them last year? I mean, they that camp yeah yeah that's right yeah. and John Pike just I was so surprised by that like he just he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who would drink the Kool-Aid and get sucked into doing that sort of horse shit so I'd love I'd love to have been a fly on the wall and know known exactly like how that got past the goalie yeah um, oh yeah I mean it's, it's just bizarre yeah yeah what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. I mean, there's... there's you. I know I've chatted to you about this before, Timbo. You hear so much of this sort of horseshit these days. To me, it always comes down to show me your results. Show me what you've achieved. Show me the evidence that this kind of, you know, yeah. outside-the-box bullshit thinking actually does flow through to better results. And as far as I can tell, this mob who they got in didn't have any runs on the board whatsoever. No, they didn't have. And that's part of the... Part of the crazy yeah. thing about yeah. is that no one knows who, how, or why they even got it. Yeah, thing. somebody knows something that nobody's talking. Yeah, and as I say, like the but how I mean, they got past Don Pike and the sting, uh, you know, the someone who seems as pragmatic. Oh, no, no, you, you'll get it. You'll get it to him because 
the, these guys are, you know, first-rate spin doctors when it comes to selling their wares. But yeah. I would have thought he'd be able to see through their bullshit yeah, pretty so. quickly. So, yeah, I'm really, I mean, really it's confusing just one of those things you think losing a grand final would be bad enough. Mm. That should be all the motivation any team needs. Yeah, especially as the best team that season as well. That's right. And, I mean, it will be interesting to see how Colling will respond. Mm. Yep. Um, because you can argue that, you know, Richmond got better, although I'm not a huge Tom Lynch fan. Play 20 games, Tom. Yeah. Play 20 games. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know, Melbourne definitely got better. Yeah. Uh, but Melbourne, Melbourne are a bit flaky, but I still think that they'll be there or thereabouts pre-mid final week. Yeah. Um... And the Eagles get to play 12 games over here, so that they'll definitely Ooh. still be piped <laughs> yeah. down, rubber dub. <laughs> so they'll, they'll expect, definitely uh, still be... And you expect it to be an 8 or 9 at least. Yeah, I mean, if, which, if they... It was a bit like last year. If, you, if they finish top two, they'll make the grand final, yeah. so... <laughs> and uh, Fremantle finally have a key forward. Yeah, there tabs is back. <laughs> yeah! Yes! Right here! That's oh, that was awesome. <laughs> That's why I love Timo these episodes. He says like two sentences per episode, but one of them is always the best sentence of the entire episode. <laughs> you! You! He's got yeah. some side hits now. It's so funny. Like, they were three hours Jared White. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He was good. Yeah, exactly. He was good until he got injured uh, last season. But oh god, I was I was reading they were interviewing Walters, I think it was, <laughs> and yeah, he was he was like mentioning Jesse Hogan in the same breath as Cameron McCarthy. It's like oh, <laughs> Hogan's got to read that and fucking shit you in the showers after after training next week, right? Come on, come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like, I'd, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see how they actually attack because, mm. well, you know, you put in all seriousness, you put JC Hogan, you put Rory Lob up there, mm. and if they get the ball up there quickly enough, yeah, they'll be, be a handful in Perth, I think. Well, I've actually gone on the record and said I think there's every chance Peter Sumich will be coaching the Doppers this season. Wow. So, there you go. I was going to say. Yep. I was going to say we're going to have a. We could have a bit of. I was going to suggest we do a bold call statement. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> Come up with I've, three I've, bold I've, calls. There's one. Yeah. No. I've, I've picked that. No. Because look, I think. Um, RTB, as we like to call him, was by the time Sumich left, he and he and Ross weren't even on speaking terms apparently mm. they, were, they were using yeah. go-between so I think if they do decide they need to bring in a new coach because Ross has just had so many chances and has not delivered then he'd be of the well I mean he they were the best team in 2013 yeah. to be fair if they played half as well in the grand final as they had in the prelim <laughs> final they would yeah. have won but yeah, I think it, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know, well, it happens, happens when you're in your first grand yeah. final. So, but I think if they needed to make a call during the year to do the old switcheroo, 
then Sumich, who has gone away and, and, and done really well with the, with the WA side as well, mm-hmm. and who you know just purely on the basis of spite <laughs> would, would be so motivated to come in and absolutely kick ass in that job. Yeah. I think he's the one who they'd have lined up um, ready and to I slot think, in. You know, uh, they've actually got a, finally got a shrewd operator in there in Peter Bell. Mm. That, yep. that guy won't take any crap. Yeah. I think that it's like, oh shit, they're finally getting serious. Yeah. Somebody actually told me they're three dollars sixty to make the eight. Wow! With twelve games in Perth. Yeah. And and, and surely they have a reasonably soft draw. Their away schedule didn't look too bad. Either. Yeah. Like they, when you looked at it, it was like, well, they probably got mm. four or five that they might be able to win. I mean, was it last year or the year before where they got absolutely reamed in the fixturing as well, despite not having like made the finals the year before? I think it was. Yeah. Last so, year, yeah. from memory, I think they had like when, like an external stats mob. It might have been Champion Data did like the, yeah, well, I mean, the stats analysis of the draw, and they got the hardest draw. And yeah, it was like, well, I'm, how I'm, does that happen to a team that finishes outside the top eight the year before? <laughs> only only Fremantle could have that happen to them. No, honestly, only Champion Data put that forward. The Eagles, the twelfth best team in the league. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I think I don't think it was. It might have been. Um, it might have been Patterson's, the ones, because they did like they, they did a, a few. And they didn't have a vested interest in it. Stats things as well, but yeah, it was some mob, and like they got given the hardest fixtures. So surely this year they'd have a yeah. A, a far if, I remember draw. their fixture didn't look too bad, but yeah. I mean, obviously they only they lead five playing pretty much every week. Oh, I, I see. I still look at Walters and think he's probably their most important player. Maybe, maybe not so much now that Hogan and Lob are there. But I think in the past, the thing about Walters was you knew that he could actually score goals for them as well, which has been Frio's biggest problem for the last few years. Yeah. Whereas Fife, you know, Fife will dominate in the midfield, but going mm. forward, I always felt like there was a big. You know, they like to talk about. Rotating Fife and Mundy playing forward. I, I was well, never talking about Fife, Mundy, and Walters. Y- now. Yeah, mm. they talk this game. I'm, I've never been sold on that idea. Like, do, do any of the other best midfielders in the in the league, with the exception of Patrick Dangerfield, do any of them roll forward? No. Cripps will no. be rolling forward. I think a lot more. As well, time that's goes but that's on. because <laughs> that's because I would probably get a game for Carlton these days. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that is that it, is. It, I'll tell you what, Sam Walsh looks bloody good. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they, they actually might have got got one there. Uh, after after <laughs> what is it about eighteen years of priority picks? I do remember seeing a thing, you know, the future and they had the three number one picks back to back there where they had Mark Murphy, Bryce Gibbs and Matthew Cruz. One of the best calls I ever heard was like, oh, oh, Mark Murphy does always go out there and fly the flag for his teammates. Unfortunately, it's the white flag. So, yeah. Do I need to make another call? Peter, so yeah, go uh, for it. Uh, oh. I'm just trying to think if there are any other See, if I was going to make one, it'd be New Zealand to win the World Cup, but I, I don't think it will actually happen. 
So come, come back to me. You, you give a couple of yours. So let me let me mull it over. Have, have a bit more Bailey's to drink and see what I can come up with. <laughs> I think Cameron Bancroft will be back in the Ashes. We'll play a game in the Ashes at some point. Mm, how, how did we forget him before? Mm. Just so he's become the first player since in this century to face 600 balls in a Shield match. The first player ever to face. 600 balls in a shield match twice yep. and fell just 28 balls short of Steve Waugh's all-time record for most balls faced in a, in a shield match. And I think he faced more balls than any Australian test batsman did during the Indian series. <laughs> yeah, that'd be about right. <laughs> no, that, that's an yeah. actual fact. Yeah. 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 Tells you everything you need to know right there. About both sides of that equation. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's one of my bold calls. That's, that's really not that bold, Which, though. Well, <laughs> given everything that's been going on, I actually think that that is a bold call yeah. because they'll they'll start with Burns and Warner and then they'll realise that Joe Burns is a oh, Burns again. Burns, gosh. Um, these, these, guys, like, these guys, these guys are going to get a run for the start of the series because they made yeah. runs against Sri Lanka on a Canberra wicket. Give yes. me a fucking break, <laughs> seriously. Whoever they picked in that match would have scored 150. That doesn't mean they should be playing for us in the first test in England. No. No. I refute that out of hand. Anyway. I digress. Bold call. Oh, so what? I still have no one? Yeah. But why? Three. Come up with three. I don't I'm, mind in New Zealand one, actually. Well, there you go. That's something. All right, I'll, I'll just... Well, New Zealand to win the World Cup. Well, it's either that or Hawthorne to finish bottom four, but because there are still a couple of garbage Queensland teams running around, <laughs> one of whom we lost to twice last year, though, so I probably shouldn't... <laughs> I should probably go easy on that sort of abuse. <laughs> now, now that they've got uh, Norm Smith medalist, Luke Hodge, in there. <laughs> Give it back to Sully! <laughs> you points. don't deserve it! <laughs> um, and... and uh, <laughs> Two-time back-to-back doing medalists, Lockie Neal running around for it as well. That too, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go the New Zealand one then. That, that will suffice. Oh. Come on, Trent Bolt. I'm, I'm counting on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Trent Bolt, Tim and Williamson. Kane, yeah. yeah, King Kane, and Marty, Marty G, and Lake. Channel <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, both of them is batting in their middle order now and then one day, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, anything else? <laughs> Wait, that's, that's two whole calls, isn't it? Oh, I've knocked three. Right? Yeah. Can't remember. He's got the first all line to be replaced yeah. by um, Peter Sampson. Yeah. He's going to win the World Cup. I can't remember the third. Play, well, we'll play well, back. Well, <laughs> one of the four is your third. Well, I didn't actually say, say that. that. He was tempted to go with yeah. it, but he never actually officially said oh, I need the home stenographer. I say, I, say, I reckon Alan Richardson will be gone mid-year. Oh, Alan yeah. Richardson. Mm. How is he still there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've got... They've, you look at the last... I don't think he's going to do a bus. Six years, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucks. How was the story in the West about how, like, he and Eddie Maguire just, like, passed each other in the corridor, had, like, a three-second conversation, and on the back of that, he got a two-year contract extension last year. <laughs> Tells you everything yeah. you know about their relationship. As Trevor Marmalade once said, yeah. if Eddie Maguire came home and found Bucks in bed with his wife, the only thing he'd have to decide is which side of the bed he got in on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so look, I will close by saying that my personal highlight of this uh, year was was going to see the uh, the women's one day at the Wacker last Friday and seeing Elise Perry take a wicket with the very first ball. Poor old Nath <laughs> copped a big time in the celebration. But oh, it was it was so good. And then moving up into the printable stand where where we never sit behind well, directly behind the bowler's arm, so we we'd never be able to sit there, usually for a cricket match, and seeing her clean up one of the batsmen with this beautiful just jumping wide and then ducking back in to hit the top of off stuff, getting to watch that from behind the bowler's arm. Mwah! Beautiful. Love you, Elise. Cool. Yeah, she's uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has, she, has she renewed that restraining order yet? <laughs> I, I think it was a lifetime yeah. <laughs> job. But, well, my love, my love for her will last a lifetime. So. I'm going to start to impress her when she was in the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple of times when she was fielding on the boundary rope, Nathan was like, oh, thank God this is a women's match, so the rope's actually far in from the fence, because otherwise I was going to have to, like, gang tackle you to stop you from just, like, storming the field. But no, it was very good. Uh, I'm happy to close on that note. Yeah, I am too. Later, skaters. Later, skaters.